Welcome to the Week in Sports Cars. Holy cow! The Marshall Pruitt Podcast brought to you by Cooper Tires, Justice Brothers. Oh, yes, Justice Brothers in TorontoMotorsports.com. And my brother, Graham Goodwin, editor of DailySportsCar.com, speaker of words into television cameras and microphones, European Le Mans Series, World Endurance Championship, Asian Le Mans Series, all kinds of good things. It's almost, it almost feels like a reunion episode, Graham, because uh, <laughs> we haven't done this in like uh, three weeks or a month, and I know I bear a lot of that responsibility. George, you don't bear any responsibility. Um, uh, for those that aren't aware why we've been away, you've been poorly sick, mate. You've not been, not been well at all, and neither, it should be said, has uh, your lady. Yeah, fortunately not COVID, but uh, sh- yeah, she... I don't know if it was through me. I don't know if I had it because I don't feel like I did. But uh, she has been fighting the nastiest, like bacterial, uh, nasal sinus infection imaginable, and it has been brutal now for yeah about three weeks. And my my voice and everything is mostly back. It's still a little bit rough, but I've been better off uh, than her. But we've both been fairly worn out and torn up. And I think, uh, so, yeah, yeah uh, that, I think, that's I think the, the, the answer. The here. best, the best, uh, I think the best advice I can give you is even if it wasn't your fault, just take the blame. Just, just take the blame. Totally just, normal. Just do that. That's And me. then move on. Right. Well, well, pretty clearly, uh, we're not going to catch up with the questions that were submitted what feels like uh, several years ago. We've clearly lost all of our audience now, mate. They've all gone elsewhere to other. Uh, sports car related podcasts no nah, they've not have they no they're all still here yeah there's um, there uh, i fear they're all stinting elsewhere <laughs> oh no uh yeah, so seriously though significant apologies where doing my other podcasts which largely involve just me hitting record and doing them myself or uh with uh, a friend who's within not too many hours away of a time zone. Yeah, it just has been an extraordinary challenge of late uh, for Graham and I to find time since we have uh, a whole bunch of time zones between us. But here we are. Um, I don't know, Graham, if we should do anything other than just talk about what's happening recently. So I don't, this is not going to be a Q&A episode. This is just going to be us catching up uh, as long as my voice holds. Absolutely, and welcoming people back. There are two breaking news stories this evening. We're recording this on Wednesday evening, UK time. The two breaking stories, one of which is of international import, without a shadow of a doubt, and may have an impact on the forthcoming uh, race next weekend. Uh, Not this coming weekend, but next weekend at uh, Spa for the FIWBC. Um, And that is that both of the... Um, new, newly appointed FI race directors for Formula One, which of course includes our good friend Eduardo Freitas, have tested positive for COVID-19 ahead of the Miami Grand Prix. Now, okay, look, first thing to say is, I hope they're well. I hope that they're not symptomatic. It is uh, highly unpleasant. Um, Hey, Rox. Um, And it's good to see Rocky's in fine voice as well. I take it that was Rocky? Yeah, he's been chirping for about an hour. We're only an hour away from his normal feeding time, but he's wanted to let me know that he's really going to enjoy it, uh, starting with about a uh, two-hour 
alert. Fast, so thanks, fast, Rob. That's the way to do it. That's yeah. the way to do it. Um, so uh, hopefully not symptomatic, and I hope both the gentlemen, um, I, I, I'm sure Niels Riddick uh, wouldn't uh, mind me saying that our good friend Eduardo is particularly well and that can make that race and indeed make the Spa race beyond because if he doesn't, uh, that will be the first FIWEC race ever that Eduardo will have missed. Um, and that's a very, very short list of individuals uh, that includes Christian Reed, and I think I'm right, Gary Watkins from Autosport, uh, amongst the very few that have actually been to every single one of those race meetings. I've missed two, um, one for reasons that I was working in when I had a day job and missed into Lagos, um, and one was when the ACO chose to put the Interlagos replacing Cota race uh, which clashed with the Asian Le Mans series. Um, that's number one. The other one, which uh, we've been dealing with uh, just a, kind of an hour or so uh, ago, is we're not going to see introduced into pro-level racing yet a brand-new North American road race circuit, uh, the Ozarks International Raceway, which I'm hoping you know more about than I do. It's been described to me as a sort of... Ozarky. Yes, um, uh, sort of mini Nürburgring like uh, spectacular looking place, but just not ready for uh, what should have been happening next weekend, uh, which is the SRO America um, package GT World Challenge, GT4 America. I think TC America was due to be uh, on the uh, on the support bill for that one as well. But for a variety of reasons, mainly work uh, involving something we'll we'll deal with. Elsewhere in this catch-up, this looming and pretty serious global logistical and supply chain uh, crisis that means that some of the systems, particularly the operational side of it, the place is finished. It's just the operational side of supporting a professional level uh, series that I am told that the facility is not yet ready. So instead of that, it's going to... Another place that I knew very little about, but I think you may know a little bit more about, NOLA uh, in yeah. New Orleans. Yes. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. So the Ozarks, uh, the Ozarks track uh, is in Missouri, I believe. Um, yeah. I mean, it looks neat and rolling and all kinds of great stuff. Just, yeah, rough time to get everything up to full spec to hold uh, something other than amateur races, I guess. The NOLA circuit, oh, that was, let's just say, went through similar uh, teething pains when it came online, used as a club racing amateur circuit, also had seven, six, seven, eight years ago, uh, some pro teams venture down there and use it for testing, seem to recall our pal Alex Brundle testing a Liget P2 of some sorts. I think it might have been oh, did he? Uh, there. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, uh, and then IndyCar went there. New market, new everything. Uh, let uh, let the good times roll and all that kind of stuff. New Orleans, woo! 2015, I believe. And oh, it was such a poop fest that it was one and done on the IndyCar calendar. And it was so hated during the event, 
you and I were at Silverstone, by the way, for the WEC uh, season oh, really? opener. Yeah, so you and I were uh, in the UK at the same weekend. Uh, the following weekend was Long Beach. So mm-hmm. while I was not at NOLA for the IndyCar race, I got to Long Beach and oh, it is all anybody wanted to talk about. Grape Goodwood, photographers, <laughs> drivers, you name it. Just imagine nobody thinking about anything that would be related to quality or creature comforts. It rained nonstop. Uh, all the parking lots, getting to and from the paddock uh, or anywhere involved, walking through big muddy bogs. Some folks told me about like deep enough to where legitimately. They took their first step and then took their second step and went to lift their leg to take a third step, and it came up minus the shoe uh, because the mud was so thick and deep and nasty, and that happened to many, many, many people. Port-a-potty issues, and just it, it sounded like a terrible camping trip out in the wilderness with not enough supplies <clears throat> the the belief that you were going to some sort of nice cabin in the mountains or in the woods fully appointed full everything just go and enjoy nature and you show up and you're like nah man we're pretty much digging a hole and pooping out behind the uh the the, the uh the log cabin we're in and we're trying not to get eaten by bears so okay. uh yeah so there might have been a paul dalalana uh sighting there too but yeah at least for the last pro racing visit uh <laughs> murderously bad and i've just mentioned some of the things you're like okay but you know is like muddy stuff and this and that is that the worst no but just in general the the feedback from everybody was like we'll never go back there if you put it on the calendar, I feel sorry for you because you're going to have an event run without teams, cars, people, or anything. And fans aren't going to buy tickets to stare at an empty track. So it was so taken we'll, off the calendar immediately. I'd so like we'll, to think yep. it hasn't been improved in some capacities over the last uh, seven years or whatever. But uh, there you go. So. Marshall Pruitt there, marketing manager for NOLA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Capital. No. No. Love. no. Yes. Um, right. Well, that's 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 that. Uh, other than that, some good news uh, from the European side of sports car racing on two regards, one from Le Mans and one for the six hours of Spa-Francorchamps, which will be round two of the World Endurance Championship this year. And that's about fan access. So we are going to have fans back at spa the paddock will be open to fans that is the first time we'll have had fans in a european paddock uh mp certainly in a european acr rules paddock since the start of the pandemic and beyond that at uh, le mans we've now seen the outline uh race week timetable for the le mans 24 hours and that reveals that the driver parade is back on the friday if that's what floats your boat and that we will be back in the city centre uh, on the Friday and the Saturday before test day, which is the Sunday before the race. So race week is effectively a 10-day week, starting on the Friday before uh, the race. And uh, that'll be back in the Place de la République in, the cent- in central Le Mans. And we're getting back to some semblance of normality. Great news uh, for those people that have been incredibly patient 
um, about waiting for their readmittance to racing. I know for some of our listeners, some of the fans in North America, it's been significantly more open for quite some time. Shockingly so to European eyes, it has to be said, at both Daytona and Sebring this year, our first time back. But it's going to be good to see people coming back to that. In sharp contrast, MP, and if you haven't seen this picture on Daily Sports Car, I commend it to you. Um, came my way via a little video that was talking about the uh, the efforts of the uh, Shanghai and the Chinese authorities to get to COVID zero, um, and all sorts of st- stories coming out, particularly from Shanghai, about tens of thousands of isolation unit beds being put in place, and a goodly proportion of them at Shanghai International Circuit. Now, I've been there a number of times. There was a picture atop the uh, story that's on uh, Delhi Sports Car. That was posted, when was that? That was posted a couple of days ago, which shows a kind of big circular area behind the massive, utterly massive grandstand structure uh, at Shanghai International Circuit. It dwarfs that grandstand. That is the entire car parking a state for Shanghai International Circuit. And that has got, depending on whose numbers you believe, either 15 or 40,000 um, tented isolation beds uh, as part of well into six figures that have been done there. What that tells us is racing is not going back to Shanghai International Circuit anytime soon. Um, was not on the, uh, the calendar for any of the regular uh, series that the international series, Asia Le Mans series, or GT World Challenge Asia. GT World Challenge Asia remains to be seen exactly what kind of grid they're going to get, which with China effectively shut down. Uh, they're due to get underway in under a month's time as well. So, all sorts of ifs, buts, and maybes, uh, but a tale still of a planet sort of struggling to get back on its feet, MP, both in terms of the health concerns, in terms of the um, the the knock-on effect that supply chain has had from the economic effect of COVID and now uh, sanctions on Russia because of their dreadful and appalling actions in Ukraine. Something else interesting to monitor, maybe on a much shorter timeline, Graham is this weekend's IMSA visit to my home track, that being WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. And outside of it being a normal round, uh, what the first normal round of the year for IMSA, the first two being serious endurance races, the last at Long Beach being uh, one of the two shortest events on the calendar. This is our first standard two-hour, 40-minute event. I'm not so much interested in event duration in terms of what's going to take place on Saturday and Sunday with the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series, Graham, or the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm more interested in the length of IMSA's future with WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Okay. There has been increasing pressure from the... Uh, fine folks, fine, fine folks. And I say that with a little bit of sarcasm. Some are okay, some others are, wow. The uh, Monterey (laughs) County Board of Supervisors, uh, those who govern, oversee, and and dictate 
policy for the circuit. This is a circuit within a, uh, a county owned and, and led park. So this is not a privately owned circuit, which is a fairly rare situation. Some things came out in February. Hi, Rocky. Rocky agrees. Uh, mm-hmm. Also sounds like you're juggling, by the way, Graham. So hopefully. Oh, does it? Well, yes. Whatever I'm it not, is. Or dancing. One of the two. I'm, is, this, is, this any, is this any better? I hear less dancing, so that's good. Fair enough. Um, items came out during a Board of Supervisors meeting in February, Graham, uh, looking at some non-IMSA-related items, some other stuff going on where uh, one vintage event leader wanting to take over one of the tracks, long-standing vintage events, and in that whole presentation and back and forth, interesting number of financials were uh, revealed, Graham, and also just some interesting context applied where it was made very clear everything but one event, that being the uh, Rolex reunion, the, uh, the Rolex-sponsored a historics event there in August of every year. That's the mm-hmm. big money maker that feeds and funds all of the other events that rock up. Now, granted, there is one later in the, the year, the Velocity Invitational, where they pay as well. Uh, but again, that's basically paying for a track rental. The one big event this track holds each year that generates a significant amount of money from ticket sales, corporate hospitality, and whatnot it is the uh, Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion in August. The proceeds from that, Graham, are then used to pay IndyCar, their sanction fee. They're used to pay IMSA's sanction fee. Serious concerns, not brand new, but serious concerns in light of some very recent comments from the Board of Supervisors about income money being spent, profits and losses, the need to resurface the track and make other upgrades. And where is that money going to come from? And hey, the track manager they have appointed is asking for a lot of money to do a lot of things to improve the track. Where will that come from, Graham? Will that come out of the uh, the county's taxes? They are of the mind that as much as possible should come out of profits generated by the track. Make your money there and then spend your money on making our circuit better. A little bit of a weird dynamic. But I mention all this because I think IndyCar is at the end of its contract. Maybe it has one more year on it. I'll have to see. But I do believe IMSA is up for a potential renewal here. And the concern, I'm going to be watching Sunday's race uh, as much mm-hmm. as I can. Granted, I'll be in Alabama covering the uh, the IndyCar race there since IndyCar is my new full-time beat this year. But nonetheless, I will be watching intently to look at grandstands and hills yeah. uh, uh, in a very cut-and-dry manner, and there's obviously no disrespect meant to any of the teams. I don't care about Sunday's race and who finishes where and what class. Obviously, I do. But the bigger thing that I'm looking for is health. Have the efforts by A&D, Narigi, uh, the track manager, have efforts by IMSA, have efforts by whomever to promote this race, sell tickets, get people there to hopefully generate (laughs) at least a uh, net zero instead of a loss. What are those 
efforts looking like in the grandstands, uh, in the hills surrounding the circuit? Does it look like Graham? Sadly, the ghost town that it's been for the last many years, or Mm. does it look, will it look like there has been some appreciable improvement in crowd size? So while we have one North American sports car series in the SRO changing venues because one, just a new venue just isn't ready to host a professional race. We're also going to be looking at Laguna this weekend, brother, to see if the crowd size dictates whether the county will want to continue to engage with IMSA. So I'm not blaming IMSA. Again, none of this is, is being critical of the series. But there's also been a ratcheting up of pressure from the county of, hey, uh, financial losers. It's not a way for us to uh, not only help the county and put money in our hands, but also to improve this track you're telling us needs that needs to be done. Um, I just think there's going to be a serious amount of scrutiny on mm. what Sunday looks like. And whatever the, the attendance number, I, I may be less concerned with the final attendance number. The visuals are going to tell us whether this, uh, this event is, uh, is, has much longer to live uh, or if it's going to receive a reprieve and uh, will receive the interest from the county to continue paying for many years to come uh, to get into there. Uh, there's two thoughts that occur. Um, or rather one point arising and one thought that occurs. Is this the potential avenue for progress for Roger Penske and his push to get endurance racing back to IMS? Would I be surprised to learn uh, when IMSA does its state of the series at Road America here in a couple months? that a, I don't know what hour, eight hour, 10 hour, something hour event at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course has been added. I would not. Um, Mm -hmm. As we know, as all of our listeners who follow IMSA know, that is a series, that is an organization that is always hesitant to add to its calendar. They're not looking to increase the numbers. There would have to be some sort of massively compelling reason, be it location or the offer of of big dollars, for them to truly keep all they got and add one more. Would Roger Penske be spending a ton to get IMSA to Indianapolis? Heck no. Um, If anything, they might be asking for money from IMSA. Uh, Granted, he's going to be in control not only of the track, but also one of the uh, Keystone teams that would... Yeah. in theory, be racing there with the uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport uh, GTP effort. But, yeah, uh, so that's that's the great question, right? If we get a uh, IMS road course IMSA race, who would we potentially or what would we drop off the calendar? And, uh, yeah, the one with yeah. uh, the least amount of people uh, that appears to be generating the least amount of money for a cash-strapped county. Yeah. I fear it's that sad. might be the it's answer. It's very sad. Um, the other point arising came my way, uh, my inbox yesterday evening, and I'm going to say thank you to one of my favorite people in the media room at IMSA, um, a fine figure of a fellow, Kaltura, 
for his latest offering uh, by way of uh, press releasage uh, ahead of the race you were just describing. And I'm going to read you the, f- the, the title and the first paragraph because I think it bears, re- bears repeating. WeatherTech Racing, ready for a WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. WeatherTech Racing, drivers Cooper McNeil and Daniel Yogadella are ready for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Hyundai Monterey Sports Car Championship presented by Motel April 29th to 30th. I read that. I think that's four mentions of WeatherTech in 25 words. That, I think, is a record. And I think it's also a record that the word sports car twice in the same description of the same event. I think that is a fantastic piece of press release writing. With a headline of WeatherTech Racing Ready for WeatherTech yes. Raceway Laguna Seca, uh, the, he deserves... He deserves... Uh, everything um, that's coming from... <laughs> a go- no, no, that, that's a no, golf no, no, clap. It, that's a golf it's clap. Better, it's better. The word WeatherTech then features three times in the following paragraph, which is not a long paragraph. So uh, th- right, right here, right now, Carl, if you're being paid by the mention, you've just paid for the next quarter of your retained fee, which I'm sure is substantial, just by what I've read out there. It's a fine piece of work, my friend, and in no way will I be jabbing you with that when I see you. Uh, I think next time I'll see Carl will be at um, uh, at Watkins Glen. Uh, I'll be along there in a different capacity to my normal capacity. Uh, so, Weird girls. Grigal, yeah, again, uh, with with the with the uh, going back to the pole dancing. Uh, um, I I do. There is one other thing that I want to share here that I I think is actually, uh, you know, we try not to make this show too serious, but I think that no, this, go on, no, but this does warrant, you know, I okay, just apologize in advance and say I do need to take this in a slightly more serious direction here, and then we'll come back. Okay, uh, Graham. Since 1989, WeatherTech has delivered on its promise of quality and craftsmanship through a commitment to American-made auto, home, and pet products. Globally renowned for its laser-measured floor liner and innovative cup phone, in Bolingbrook, Illinois, headquartered company continues to push industry boundaries through superior design, engineering, and international brand recognition. More information can be found at weathertech.com. And for more information, contact Kyle Chura. Yeah. I needed you to know that because I, just, I feel uh, like I, I would have not have taken care of, of you in the way that you should be taken care of without that information. Right. I think the other thing we should say is if you're interested in content like this from the Week in Sports Cars, do let us know on social media. Next week, Kyle Chura's personal phone number. Yes. Or you, or you could just type into your phone the letters, weather tech and i think that'll pretty much get <laughs> his, the his face there. comes up his face comes up immediately um a couple of other bits and pieces as we move on a little bit um congratulations bmw and and uh, who knows how they've managed this uh mp after looking completely out of sorts at daytona absolutely nowhere in the age of Le Mans series they finished one two three in the vln the nls when that came back to racing um, with, it has to be said, a spectacular finish. If you haven't seen what happened on the final lap, uh, Augusto Farfus making what is already a big car wider than it's possible to make a, a car wide and uh, edging towards what might have been decided uh, in other race series as not being particularly fair. Uh, but amazing result for BMW. 
they're, I think some people would say dramatically styled. Others would disagree. Uh, M4 GT3s, one, two, three. Even there, by the way, we had dramas before the green flag with, again, a supply chain issue. You're going to hear more and more of this moving forward uh, with the Falcon team withdrawing their cars because they couldn't get sufficient quantities of the optimum tyres uh, for that race. They are going to be fine for the Nürburgring 24 hours, but we're struggling to get the kind of levels of supply. So there's storylines within storylines within storylines here. Um, loads and loads of racing kicking around as well. Before we get into some more merriment, though, um, MP, because we've been away for a little wee while, I just wanted to say a word about two friends we've lost over the last um, recent few weeks. Uh, the first is Rick Sutherland. Now, I remember Rick very fondly as being a, a regular in the American Le Mans series, and for that matter at Le Mans, a Le Mans winner in LMP2 with Intersports, with a car decorated with more Daily Sports car stickers than we actually had stickers. But Rick, a part of that um, effort, and then on the podium the following year uh, with, I think it was Paul Belmondo Racing, podium at uh, Rolex 24 in a Roll Centre Racing run, uh, Mosler, and a lovely, lovely man. Uh, died very suddenly, and our absolute condolences to his family. And then just, I think, just a few days later, uh, news that David Robertson had passed as well. Uh, it, we, it's not a phrase you're going to hear from me very much, but I'm going to use it now. And I say this with absolutely all sincerity. Genuinely one of the great love stories of sports car racing, David and Andrea Robertson. Uh, Andrea and David, husband and wife, the first husband and wife team uh, to finish Le Mans and finish on the podium. The first grandparents to finish on the podium uh, together, and I think maybe even the first grandparents to race together uh, at Le Mans in the Doran Ford uh, with David Murray back in 2011. A, again, truly lovely man. Uh, when they finished racing, I think at the end of 11, 2011 or so, I know David and Andrea carried on racing their Fords in historic racing, but another sudden passing. And when we talk about gentlemen drivers and for that matter lady drivers this show i know we've said it repeatedly we need to appreciate these people and their passion um i said i think i said in our uh dsc's uh, obituary for david he had two fantastic results in life the first was when he met andrea he was a commercial pilot she was an air traffic controller the other was a most unexpected uh podium in gtm uh, at the Le Mans 24 Hours. Uh, our condolences to all who knew and loved both of them, both lovely people and both very much part of the sports car racing family. Definitely sad, Graham. Uh, was someone, uh, Rick was someone that I got to know here locally, was a amateur racer and definitely became good. I was glad to see him uh, achieve some of his dreams by stepping into a time and era in American sports cars where costs cars became a little bit more affordable and the love stories you mentioned between the Robertsons that that was the signature of their program yeah. and, and I think I enjoyed that more than any other aspect of what they did uh, their racing was something that they did together 
that was more important to them than chasing trophies or whatever. And yet they had a real success with a, a true, uh, true privateer team. So got a couple minutes left, my friend, why don't we uh, pivot to one or two more items? I know you wanted to mention and then uh, take us home. Well, a couple of things, really. We've seen some debuts in the weeks we've been missing from the airwaves with a couple of debuts uh, of new cars with the brand new Ferrari 296 GT3 uh, out in testing and filmed uh, and released. Uh, Good to see that. That's the replacement for the 488 uh, GT3. There will not, of course, be a GTE or GTLM version of that car. That car can be built by Orica, designed, of course, in Italy. And a brand new face, by the way, of Orica in their LMP2 uh, paddock operation. And that would be ex-Rebellion Racing team manager, now customer relations manager for the uh, LMP2 efforts of Orica, Bart Hayden, back in the paddock. So that's one new car. Second new car we've seen uh, was the BMW M4 GT4 that made its racing debut at the NLS, the VLN race at the Nürburgring last weekend, and won its SP8T class, uh, racing as a concept car, so not homologated yet. But that uh, bodes well for the next generation of BMW GT4. A new AMG GT2 car as well, being trailed by uh, Mercedes-AMG. The AMG GT Track Series, uh, that looks set to join GT2 grids either later this year or early next year. And then finally amongst the newcomers, uh, already trailed is the next evolution version of the Lamborghini Huracan uh, GT3. This is the Evo 2 version. And this will be based on the styling of the recently unveiled STO track-focused version of the Huracan. And it's likely, I think, to be the final GT3 version of the current Lamborghini platform. The one final thing, by the way, MP, I wanted to mention, you mentioned GTP a little earlier, is uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a bit of a birthday, a bit of an anniversary. And not mine, uh, but the, uh, the 40th anniversary of Group C, the very first race held mm. 40 years ago, April the 18th in 82. Although, obviously, it was the second race in the World Championship that year that saw the debut of the the icon, if you like, of the early days of Group C, the Porsche 956. So, happy birthday, Group C. I don't know about you, but thinking that that was 40 years ago suddenly makes me feel extremely old. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, great Group C historic grid, by the way, that's coming uh, for the Donington Historic Festival with a range of lovely, lovely cars and some significant drivers as well. I think, though, for now, that's going to be – this is a bit of a kind of short catch-up before we get back to regular programming next week with you firing at all, uh, all cylinders and me with a blown turbo, but other than that, uh, uh, I just always, want all my with- wankles to be rotating. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you want to be putting on Tinder, to be honest with you, mate. Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) So for now, we're going to say goodbye and goodnight uh, from Marshall Pruitt on the US side of the pond, from me on the UK side of the pond. We're going to say thank you to all of our listeners for sticking with us uh, whilst this has been uh, you know, just uh, taking a slight sabbatical for two or three weeks while uh, everybody just just takes a breath and gets himself feeling well. Just There's Rocky there, just an hour and ten minutes now until he gets fed. Um, thanks as well, of course, to Cooper Tyres, to the Justice Brothers, 
and to torontomotorsports.com. This has been the Weekend Sportscast. We are back as part of the Marshall Brewitt podcast, and we will be with you with regular programming next week. Yeah, boy!